Welcome to Film Bites, the podcast where a lad and his dad talk about films they've just watched. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. So, that was an experience this afternoon. I certainly enjoyed it. I will say, um, with this particular art style, it definitely arcs back to the things we've been seeing recently with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse slash Across the Spider-Verse as well. By no means is it on the same kind of level as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's certainly a treat, though, I'd say. Yeah, it's a very interesting film. It's kind of like... The animation style blends almost a claymation done as animation. With comic book. Yeah, it, it reminded me a little bit of going back in the day to 80s stuff, a bit like Trapdoor in some places. I didn't, yeah, no, I do understand. Um, that yeah. It was such a spectacle on screen. Mm. I particularly liked some of the action sequences oh, that were in this film. They actually did stand out. But, um, no, I don't think I enjoyed this as much as you, but I certainly enjoyed it. Mm. I think, um, I mean, I, I, full disclosure... I grew up, grew up at the time when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was Hero Turtles and was the animated series on on TV. The 90s heroes. Mm. And I never really gelled with the characters. I never got into it. Mm. I wasn't a big fan of watching it unless it was on and it was waiting for something else to come on. Yeah. So I can't really say that I've ever really gelled with the characters. I've seen bits of the films that have been out since. Mm. saw bits of the Michael Bay one. And they did nothing really to make me interested at all in in the concept of, of, of what they're doing. Mm. But this one, I think from the very first trailers, it looked a little different. It looked like a style that was interesting. Oh, definitely. Seeing Seth Rogen's name on there was interesting. It was definitely an eyebrow raiser, definitely. And you felt that, okay, so you if you're going to reinvent something or redo it, do it better. Yes. And i got to say from what I've seen, and enjoyed this whole movie, they definitely did do that. Mm. This film, then, it's an origin story. Yes. Which we, we, in fairness, we haven't really seen origin movies for a while. Mm. And I think this one did it well, but a little slowly. Yes. I think, me personally, I do think this could have been a shorter movie, especially with it having a largely kid-based audience. Yeah. What it did, it did well. It fleshed out the characters. We got an understanding of all the regulars. Even some of the minor characters had a little bit of a chance to shine on mm. screen. I think the soundtrack was one of the best things of it. Agreed. A lot of 80s, 90s rap stuff was just presented well mm. with what was happening. And always a nod back to what we know of the original Ninja Turtles. They were the 90s kids. Yeah. I, th- I don't know if it was the exact term, like the 90s kids on the block or something along those lines. Because obviously the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it, it, it was... Very nice that they went back to their kind of roots and origins of what was referenced as well. Mm. I am also a person that has not grown up with Ninja Turtles. It was always on on Nickelodeon and it was the uh, 3D animated series. So it wasn't the original cartoon, unfortunately. Um, That had a much more catchier intro. 
so I, I never really got hooked to it myself. I didn't find the characters particularly funny because around the 2000s, I think the general idea was we've got shows like SpongeBob, we've got shows like Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Uh, and their jokes are funny. So we've got to do the same thing. Our jokes need to be funny. And it was very toilet humour based, I think. And it was just like... Mm. It didn't appeal. Yeah, a bit, but, bit of a throwaway cartoon. Yeah, and it, it, it did its job. It got people interested, but I think people always went back to the original 90s show that watched the uh, animated ones in the 2000s era, which I don't know if you could find normally on TV, but I think people did find a way of getting on DVD or something along those lines. Because mm. a lot of people that I know that are huge fans of the Ninja Turtles watched the DVDs, so they went back to the older stuff rather than the modern stuff. Yeah, well, I think... You could understand when they were casting people like Megan Fox in the in the previous iteration. Oh boy, no. that was the direction that they wanted to go in. But what they do skillfully in this is is they actually manage to have a good portmanteau of of players in this. Mm. You understand them a little bit more. I like the April O'Neil that they've got in this because yeah. she's kooky in a way that I think this film needs. And I think that I don't know too much about the character of April, April O'Neil. I think she's a reporter in the yeah. original show. Was she white as well, out of curiosity? Yeah. Because I, I did see that there was some, you know... Nonsense. Nonsense online. People saying, is there a need? But if it works for the character, it works for the character. I didn't really see much of an issue whatsoever with it. I thought it was just a different take on the character. I thought it was done pretty well. Mm. I actually quite enjoyed some of the gags that was with that character. Yeah. Um, I won't go into the details, but let's just say there are some details yeah. uh, that happens with April. But I, I enjoyed seeing a kind of background on her character as well as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And by this point, they haven't really established that name. They're just known as Mutant Turtles. Mm. And I, I think throughout this entire movie, what's quite nice is this coming-of-age story, if you will. These are essentially prevubescent versions of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're very much still learning about themselves. And it's, it's set in a more modern era mm. uh, of technology as well. So you'll hear terminology that is much more, I'm not going to say down with the kids, but it is essentially that. Um, it's more modern. It's more technological uh, Lexus. And it's definitely more meme material. I mean, there was one particular sequence that played out. And if you know the meme, you'll have a giggle. And they absolutely reward the people that know about the meme. And it was just like, okay, this was definitely something that I think Seth Rogen interjected saying this needs to be in the move. Yeah, like so many movies at the moment, especially animated ones, it's very self-aware of what it's about. Oh, yeah. And there were certain camera directions, camera phone stuff yes, here as well. which is very nice. But, and there are certain sequences you know that they can meme the hell out of. Oh, God, yeah. Um, one of the things I did find a little bit controversial, and I've just checked, actually, it was a PG certificate. Yeah, oh, you were talking about that. They dropped a P-bomb. Yes. Which I didn't think was necessary at all in this context. I just yeah. felt that it was an unnecessary bit of dialogue in a largely child-friendly movie. Mm. Uh, I mean, some of the age group of the, the people that were in the cinema were really, really young. Oh, yeah. And I think probably that early sequence, as I said to you, a bit which felt a little bit padded in some places, probably got a little bit of tetchy sort of factor to those mm. because you want things that get you into the story quite quickly when it's a young person's oh. film and I think it wasn't until really about halfway through where we started kicking off into the main action of the movie that we got probably more of the attention side of things mm. from the audience but in argument's sake on that point it, the new Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse actually did something that I wasn't expecting and I actually appreciated it the more I watched it the second time 
If you watch Spider-Man Across the Spider-Man, it starts with the slap bang, you're in the movie, it's awesome, it's excellent. You've got Gwen Stacy, you've got all these new characters, and it's like exploring that aspect. But Mm -hmm. then it slowly weaves itself into actually a family drama. So it explores Miles' background, it explores his story with his parents, how he's being Spider-Man and Miles Morales in the situation. And it was around, I want to say, 40 minutes worth of material of just Miles Morales with his parents and mm. all this playing out. It was slow. But the thing is, is that it went into the action and story side of it after that point. Yeah, you see, I would say rather than slow, it was just patient. It was a patient. Exactly. Up. But people would refer to it as slow from the mindset of a child. Mm. Because at the end of the day, it's still a kid's movie with, with Spider-Man because it does orient around that group of you know people as well. I'm doing me wrong, Spider-Man is still a very adult audience as well because there is adult storylines. Mm. But I have to say that with these animations, don't get me wrong, animated movies have always been stereotypically centred around, oh, it's for kids. But actually, we're now challenging that in this kind of modern era where we can say, actually, no, animated movies can be for everyone. Absolutely. Um, and I've got to say that with Spider-Man, it did have a slow a slow patient portion um, where I was wondering, actually, are the kids going to focus here? But the same could be said about Turtles because there was a sequence at the beginning that was slightly um, setting up. Whilst I do understand what you're saying there, I think there was probably a greater depth in the characters and oh. whether they were done in, in Spider-Verse than there are, there are in this. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think this is really giving you those kind of levels. No, no, no. Which is, I just felt that little bit of dialogue was unnecessary, to be honest. Yeah. But in terms of the other bits and pieces that go with this, you are rewarded with a great cast of actors. You're rewarded with a great animation style. Oh, yeah. I think, as I said, get past the, the build-up to it. And I, for me, I think it then turns into a good little movie. Mm. It's not a classic, but what I would say with this, especially with what they do mid-credits, mm. they've got a lot of room to go and do something very special for a second movie. Absolutely. They've laid all the foundation work now. That they, that's all out of the way. Mm. That's done. So knowing that they've already given the green light to the second movie and there's going to be a series to accompany it. I actually didn't know about the second movie. Yes, it's been given the green light. I'm happy about they've, that. They've got full confidence in, in what's been achieved with this movie. Mm. I think Seth Rogen's involvement has obviously Oh, it's helped. accelerated it. He's he certainly got a lot of his cronies on, on the cast. Yes. Um, you can see some returning faces from some of his movies as well, which... Uh, is always welcome. I didn't honestly catch John Cena. No, that took me by surprise when I saw his name. I thought, oh, John Cena was in this, which yeah. could either mean one of two things. One, I wasn't focused. Or two, he's actually done some very good voice acting because I didn't catch it. Mm. But I could be completely wrong. Yeah, and obviously two big stars that we've got in this. I had no real knowledge that they were in the film. Mm. Probably saw it on a poster, but never really took it in. Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. He's got a great he always does it doesn't matter if he's a hero or a villain he will always have that voice that's so iconic and we get him as a a new character in this I think I I, I don't know I think he is if he is fair enough I think that very early origin is something that they built for this and to be honest it worked I really enjoyed that probably a little bit um, the way they did uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes yeah something along those lines yeah and obviously to have Jackie Chan. Which, always welcome. Yeah. Um, playing Splinter. 
Master Splinter. And the thing is, I didn't actually register that I was listening to Jackie Chan. Me neither. And there's some nice little bits in this movie that play to things outside of the story. Yes. Um, which is really clever and, and I think gives that build up to the, the Ninja Turtles mm. really effectively. Definitely. Um, again, that the whole self-awareness oh, yeah. to be able to do that in an animated film is just terrific. It's great. And it also builds the characters a lot easier because... You you can pull a reference out of somewhere saying they're like this such and such from let's say the marvel universe and immediately you go ah got it yeah and then you understand the character more and it actually kind of makes you feel relating to that character as well yeah and there's a lot of political messages embedded but it's not heavily political but it's nice in the way in which it's exploring itself because it does have a message at the end of the day and it's acceptance because at the end of the day they're talking walking turtles with ninjas you know it's a bit crazy in concept but seeing how it plays out in the modern world it's very clever and I think it was done very nicely as well Mm. Um, I thought that the third act was a nice delivery building up to things as well very clever and I enjoyed the craziness as well yeah Um, uh, because it was mayhem yeah they they referenced it on a spectacular scale Mm. big things going off in the centre of Brooklyn yes yeah, I, mean, I don't really want to give too much spoiler around that. But um, it, it's very rewarding, very worthwhile. And you understand why it's called Mutant Mayhem Yes, as the title. I've also got to say, um, addressing the big cast first, let's go on to the smaller cast briefly as well, which is actually the four main turtles. I've, I don't recognise the actors. No. But I've got to say, they delivered very well. Mm. I I thoroughly enjoyed their performances. I think that they all got into the role really nicely. Mm. You you got their personalities immediately. And I felt that, you know, sometimes in performances, as well as the animated styles or anything that goes off, it matches really well. So they, I think they really got into character when yeah. they were doing these voice acting roles. And it's great to see. They were really into it. Yeah, it was very engaging. Mm. And yeah, that... that- that build-up of their stories helped with that as oh, well. Oh, definitely. And the good thing I would say about this is that the trailer really doesn't give the game away for the film. Not at all. If anything, it, it, it just shows a classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles situation, mm. but it's in a new style, which is exactly what it is. What a breath of fresh air that is, given what's been happening with trailers recently. Oh, I know. Um, trailers just seem to want to ruin things, don't they? Yeah. But back to this film. Yes. I thought this was good, solid. Don't think it was perfect, but I think there's a lot of room to grow. Absolutely. I think that there's a very good sequel in the works. They've now got the groundwork out of the way so they can now flourish in the next movie. I do hope that Paramount understand that animation actually could be the next step of things Mm -hmm. because recently they have said things that are not great. But animation, again, another movie this year that has just blown the socks off with the nice animation style. A very fun movie again and it's it's a good one to see in the cinemas as well. Brilliant. So over here it's it's the summer, it's all the break for the summer holidays. Perfect film to go and take the nippers to. Exactly. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please consider liking and subscribing for future episodes. Smash the like notification bell if you're on YouTube. Your support means the world to us. Please help us spread the word to grow the podcast. Until we meet again, film biters, we'll be watching. Will you?